talked about the uh, uh, the widow's luncheon over in Rochester. There's no obviously there's no charge for that, ladies, and uh, we just want to treat you uh, for that. <clears throat> and so, if you'll let my wife know uh, your availability, and that'll be good. Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter number 14. And we'll read just a few verses here in the passage as we get started into the message this morning. Let's stand, please, for the reading of the Word of God. Numbers chapter 14 and verse number 1. It says, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God that we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel, and Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, uh, which, were, uh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is, a, is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land, and will give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey." Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. I want to talk to you this morning on this subject. Don't <coughs> look back. Don't look back back. And let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for uh, these people who have seen the importance of being uh, in church on the Lord's Day. I pray that you just uh, give them a special blessing uh, with truth now from your word. I pray that you'd encourage us. I pray that uh, for those uh, Christians here this morning who might be a little bit discouraged, who may be contemplating on uh, uh, going back to an old lifestyle, Father, I pray that you'd encourage us to go forward. Uh, Father, if there's uh, some here this morning who do not know Christ as Savior, I pray that you would uh, just reach down, as the song uh, reminded us a few moments ago, just reach down and, uh, and, and save them, save the soul that's nearest hell this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. <clears throat> the story in this passage is a very sad story. The twelve spies had returned from searching out the land of Canaan. They were sent there to bring back a report. Not a report of whether invasion was an option. They were to go and, and uh, search out the land to see the good of the land. And, uh, of course, God's people were in the wilderness. They were traveling from Egypt to the promised land. And, man, things were going great. God had given them the Ten Commandments there on Mount Sinai. And, and uh, there had been some bumps in the road and so forth. And we've talked about that in, in recent weeks. But, uh, but now they come to the brink of Canaan land. And uh, God came to Moses earlier in the, in, uh, in the passage, in the previous chapter, and he said, I want you to send spies. I want you to choose out 12 men, one from each tribe, and I want you to send those spies into the land and uh, to search out the land. Now, it was already a foregone conclusion that they were going into Canaan land. God did not bring them across the Red Sea for nothing. God did not bring them out of Egypt for no reason. By the way, God has a purpose for your life. 
You're not just saved just to take up some space. God has a purpose for your life. God has a plan for your life. Uh, you know, sometimes we preach this to young people, but sometimes we forget about the fact that God has a plan for my life. I don't care how old you are this morning. I don't care what your lot in life is or what your stage of life is. God has a reason for your being here. You're not an uh-oh with God. You're not an accident with God. And God brought these people out of Egypt and through the wilderness because he was, there was some place where he wanted to bring them. It was called Canaan. It was called the promised land. And so when, when God said to Moses, choose 12 spies to have them search out the land of Canaan, it wasn't so that they could figure out whether or not they were going to go in because that was already determined. It already belonged to them. God promised it to Abraham. He promised it to Isaac. He promised it to Jacob. It was so that they could see, hey, let's figure out how this is going to get done. Let's, let's show the people, let's have a testimony of how good this land is and uh, to see what, we're, what we have to look forward to. That was why the spies were sent. And so uh, the, uh, uh, this, this land had, had been promised to them centuries before by the Lord. And uh, it was a matter of, of look at what a great place this is going to be to live. But as, many as you, as, but as many of you know, these 12 men went to spy out the land and afterwards came back with their findings. And here lies the problem. Ten of those spies came back and said, can't do it. Ten of those spies came back and said, you ought to see the people over there. I mean, those are some big boys. You ought to see those jokers. I mean, they're the sons of Anak over there. <clears throat> I don't know what they feed those folks over in Canaan land, but they must feed on fertilizer or something because they're, they're big boys. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're huge. He said, they're, they're giants over there. And, uh, and they said the inhabitants eat up the land, whatever that means. It doesn't sound good, though. And uh, they said, uh, man, th th it's, it's, th there's no way. They said that we are in our own sight compared to those peoples like grasshoppers. Now, <clears throat> I, I'm thinking they were exaggerating just a little bit. Just a little bit. But nevertheless, those ten men came back and they scared the people to death. They said, we can't do this. Are you kidding me? This is, this is, uh, this is not an option. Uh, the, uh, they said we can't because, we were, because of our weakness. But the other two spies were men by the name of Joshua and Caleb. And they came back and their report was not we can't because we're weak, but their report was we can because we serve a strong God. I don't know what you're up against this morning, but you have a strong God to help you face whatever it is. Whatever giants that are in your life, whatever you're facing today, you got a big God. Sometimes we focus on our weakness, not to get ahead of myself in the message, but we focus on our weakness instead of his strength. God said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. That brings us to the verses we just read. And the people in chapter 14 of Numbers are murmuring against Moses and Aaron. Notice what they said in Numbers chapter 14, verse number 4. It says, and they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. Let us make us a captain and return into Egypt. Go back to Egypt? Really? Go back to the place of bondage? When they crossed the Red Sea and left Egypt in the, in the rearview mirror once and for all, they left a place where they had been in bondage for over 400 years. 400 years. Go back to Egypt? Egypt was a place of taskmasters. 
Go back and read the first 10 chapters of Exodus in your Bible. You'll find that, the, that God's people were under a heavy burden of toil and, uh, and excruciating slavery and just uh, de demeaning lifestyle. <coughs> and, and that's what they had been uh, grown accustomed to uh, for generations at the hands of the Egyptians. And now there's a group of people that say, let us make us a captain and return into Egypt. Egypt was a place of toil and sorrow. Egypt was a place of slavery for over 400 years. And now, while on the brink of the promised land, I mean, here they were. God had, had opened up the Red Sea, let them cross over on dry ground, had brought them across the Sinai Peninsula there, the, 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 the desert, and, uh, and now they're on the brink of the greatest victory in the history of their nation. And they said, let's go back. Let's return to Egypt. I want you to see several lessons this morning from this story that I think will be a help and a blessing and an encouragement to us. I want you to see, number one, they had forgotten the past. They had forgotten the past. They forgot how tough life was in slavery. I'm talking about just a few weeks after they had crossed the Red Sea. I'm talking about just, just really a few days into their journey into the wilderness, <coughs> but already they had forgotten about what slave life was like. They forgot about the powerful salvation at the Red Sea experience. It was just a few weeks ago that God instructed Moses to tell the people to kill the Passover lamb and shed its blood and then apply that blood to the side posts and, the, and above the door of their house. It was just a few weeks prior to this that the people of Egypt, uh, uh, that the people left Egypt for the last time and came to the shores of the Red Sea. It was there at the Red Sea where God miraculously parted the waters and the people passed over on dry ground. But they forgot about all of that. They forgot about that. They somehow developed an acute amnesia that made them forget all of the goodness and mercy of God. Does that sound familiar? You know, we are a people that are prone to forget. All of us are. I mean, we're quick to criticize the children of Israel, but the truth is we see a lot of ourselves in them. Because sometimes... In a practical sense, we forget about what God has done for us. Uh, have we forgotten what our past was like? Have we forgotten? Many, uh, many folks in this room, if you were to get, give testimony of your salvation, many of you have been saved for, for decades. 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 years. Some of you longer than that. Some folks in this room, you've been saved just a matter of a few weeks or a few months. And that's wonderful. That's a wonderful thing. Hey, whatever your testimony is, by the way, <clears throat> the important thing is not how long has it been since you were saved. The important thing this morning that all of us need to revisit every now and then is, do I know that I'm saved? Amen. Know that you're saved. And, uh, boy, if, if you have any doubts about that, boy, you get that thing settled today. I encourage you about that. But, uh, but you know, sometimes the longer we've been saved, the more prone we are to forget about where we came from. These people here, as they're on the brink of the promised land, they send the spies over there. Ten of them come back with an evil report, say, oh, we can't do that. Did they forget how powerful God was to deliver them from Egypt? You know, here they are facing a land of, the, of giants, so to speak, in Canaan. But the, 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 the armies of Pharaoh, they were no pushover either. And God took care of them pretty easily. He drowned them all in the Red Sea, if you'll remember the story. I mean, was God now all of a sudden an invalid? Was God now all of a sudden at a disadvantage? 
was the same God who, who, who brought them out of Egypt with a mighty hand? Is that God now somehow powerless? Sometimes we forget about the God that saved us. Can I, can I help all of us? <clears throat> if God can save your never dying soul from eternal damnation in a place called hell, what can he not do for you? Think about it. I mean... The, the, the great God that, as they sang about beautifully a while ago, the God that reached down his hand for me, why would I ever think that there's something that he could not do? Take your Bible with me. This is not in the message, in the outline, but I want you to see this. Romans chapter 8, if you have a Bible with you. I love this verse. Romans chapter 8, and look at verse number 32. I'll turn over there very quickly. Romans chapter 8, and verse number 32. I'll begin reading while you get there. Romans 8, 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Wow. Did you see that? Let me read it again. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Hey, God gave you his son. He gave you the dearest thing that he had, his only begotten son. We had Easter last, last week, and, and what a blessing as we commemorated the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Hey, he did that for you. He did that for me. And if he would do that for you, tell me, what would he not do for you? Hey, if I gave you my son, you can have my tie. <laughs> if I gave you my son, if I gave you the dearest thing to my heart, hey, you can have my car. If I gave you my son the dearest thing on earth, hey, I will get what what wouldn't I give for you? That's what God did. That's what God did. <clears throat> Have we forgotten what our past was like? When we're tempted to complain about our situation, when we gripe about our lot in life, when our own unbelief causes us to doubt the promises of God and we're tempted to go back to the filth and mire of the world, could it be that we have forgotten the amazing grace that it took to save a wretch like me? Hey, there's nothing back there, folks. There's nothing back there. The devil would, would, would perch himself on your shoulder and have you think that as a child of God, you're missing out. He wants you to, he wants you to believe that you're missing out on a good time if you're a child of God. Oh, you're missing out. Let me tell you what you're missing out on. You're missing out on the wages of sin. Oh, yeah, the Bible plainly says that, uh, uh, that Moses uh, uh, for, for, forsook the, the, the life and the palace of Pharaoh. Uh, Pharaoh rather, uh, you, know, he, he, you know, he could have enjoyed the pleasures of sin for a season. The pleasures of sin do last for a season. But wait a minute, the season ends. And when the season ends, there's a payday. When the season ends, <clears throat> there's a day of reckoning. Oh, the devil wants you to believe that you're missing out on a good time and you're missing out on the fun and you're missing out on pleasures. He comes especially to our young people because they haven't lived life long enough to understand these concepts and, and understand that the devil's a stinking, rotten, filthy liar. Hey, let me tell you, <clears throat> there is pleasure in sin for a season, but there's also the wages of sin. You're missing out on a wrecked home. Hey, by not going back to Egypt, you're missing out on... Uh, you're miss, you may be missing out on some kind of disease that is brought on by a lifestyle of sin. 
Hey, you may be missing out on, <coughs> you may be missing out on, on all kinds of filth and all kinds of garbage and, 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 a, and a wrecked life and a train wreck for a future. Hey, I'm simply saying there's nothing back there. Don't look back. These people said, hey, let's make us a captain and go back to, to Egypt. Really? Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to do that? Could it be that we've forgotten the amazing grace that it took to save a wretch like us? Whatever your past was, may I remind all of us about the grace of God that was required to save all of us. You were either saved out of a life of filth or you were saved from a life of filth. But either way, it required the good grace of God. I was delivered from sucking my thumb in the church nursery. That's where God brought me from. I was... Uh, <clears throat> I was born uh, on Tuesday, and the following Sunday, I was in church. I've been in church ever since. That's my testimony. And, uh, <clears throat> but you know what? It took every bit as much as the grace of God to save me as it took to save somebody out of a life of sin. Because I was born a sinner just like everybody else is. <clears throat> hey, I'm simply saying, have we forgotten where we came from? Or have we forgotten where God, could ha where, where God saved us from a life of what could have been? I see number two. I said number one, rather, they'd forgotten the past. Number two, they followed the pack. They followed the pack. The children of Israel followed the ten spies that brought the bad report. They just decided to go with the flow. After all, everybody's doing it. I can imagine how this started. Somebody said, one person, that's where it starts. One person said, hey, let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back to Egypt. Did Moses bring us out here to die? I mean, look at this place. It's a wilderness. And across the Jordan River is a land. Those ten guys told us it's a land that floweth with milk and honey. Yeah, it's a great place and everything. But there's giants over there. They're going to squash us like bugs. Why in the world do we want to go over there and, uh, and, and be their dessert? Why should we do that? Hey, let's go back to Egypt. And here's what, that's where it started. And they told two people. And they told two people. And they told two people. And they told two people, and there was the chatter. <clears throat> By the way, be careful about listening to the chatter. Get you in trouble every time. But what happened is these people, they began to murmur against Moses, and they followed the advice of the ten spies and said it can't be done when God said it can be done. You see, may I remind all of us this morning that right is still right if no one is for it, and wrong is still wrong if everybody's for it. I said, right is still right if nobody is for it. If everybody's against it, right is still right. Just because the majority says something, that doesn't make it right. Hey, what's God say? That's, what's God say? And, and the truth is, wrong is still wrong if everybody says it's okay. We live in a day and age where right is impugned and wrong is glorified. We live in a day and age where, <coughs> where right has become wrong and wrong has become right and we have totally thrown away God's opinion about everything. Hey, listen to me. I just want to stand and say, hey, let God be God and every man a liar. Yeah. We live in a time when most politicians make decisions based solely on polls and focus groups. Their, their mantra is, let's ask, the, let's ask the people what they want. And then we'll tell them what they want to hear so that we can get a vote in November. Right. Hey, let me tell you something. <clears throat> why, do, why didn't somebody ask God what he thinks about something? Amen. That's really what it comes down to. Amen. Somebody said opinions are like noses. Everybody's got one. <laughs> Doesn't mean anything, though. What does God think? What's his opinion? 
What's worse than that are some churches that cater to the whims of the majority of people. Hey, I'm simply saying God did not intend for us to go by the crowd. He tells us rather to be guided by the way of the cross. The crowd will lead you astray. Jesus said, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that find it. Hey, let's just, hey, everybody's doing it, so it must be right. Uh, 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 not so fast. Not so fast. The closer you get to Jesus and the closer that Jesus got to the cross, the less popular he became. If your desire is to be applauded or to be popular with the crowd, you'll not last as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Because it's a narrow way. It's a narrow way. But it's the right way. They followed the crowd. To be identified with him became rather unpopular in his, later in his ministry. <clears throat> and uh, you know the story. Uh, many of the disciples turned away from, from Christ. I'm not talking about the apostles now, but some of, the, uh, some of those who followed him turned and walked away. And Jesus, I'm sure, with a tear in his eye, looked at the twelve and said, Will ye also go away? You know why? Because it became unpopular. It became unpopular. God help us to determine that, that right is right if, if, if no one is for it. The Bible is still the word of God if no one believes it. They followed the crowd. Number three, they focused on their problems. Why did they want to turn back? Why did they look back to Egypt? I'll tell you, number three, they focused on their problems. These ten spies turned the attention of the people on the problems associated with their moving forward. No doubt there were things in Canaan that had to be dealt with. Canaan was not a problem-free zone. By the way, there is no such thing as a problem-free zone. The yeah. <laughs> Bible says man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. It didn't say that only unsaved people have trouble. It says that man that is born of woman. How many of you are born of woman? Okay, all right, just making sure you're awake. <laughs> all right, your hand should have been up there. Okay, uh, <clears throat> man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. You're going to have problems. There's no such thing as a problem-free life or a problem-free place <clears throat> or, or a utopian set of circumstances. That doesn't exist on this side of heaven, okay? Let's just get that, that, that notion out of the way. There were things in Canaan that had to be dealt with. Were there, did the sons of Anak live in Canaan? Yeah, they did. Were there, were there big people who lived over there? Yeah, there were. Yeah, there were. Were there obstacles to overcome in Canaan? Of course there were. Were there cities that had to be defeated once they crossed over into Canaan? If you read a little bit later on in the book of Joshua, you'll find that yes, there were. There was Jericho, and then there was a whole matter with Ai, and then there was uh, uh, city after city and town after town. Yes, there were problems. Yes, there were battles to be fought. But hey, if Satan wants you to focus only on your problems, can I tell you something? There were problems about going back to Egypt too. Hey, you're going to have problems going forward. You're going to have more problems going backwards. You know what we need to determine? <clears throat> Look, God wants me to go forward, and God is my helper going forward. God is my aid going forward. God is my fortress going forward. God is my provider going forward, as we talked about in Sunday school. Hey, as long as I'm going forward, <clears throat> God promises to be with me, but there's no protection for going backwards. And I'd much rather go forward and face the problems of, of trying to be all that God would have me to be than tuck tail and run back to Egypt. Either way, you're going to face problems. But can I tell you something? You're going to face a lot more problems going back that way. The Bible says the, tr the way of the transgressor is hard. 
The way of the transgressor is hard. Anything we try to do for the Lord, any growth in grace for the Lord, any effort to please the Lord is going to be met with opposition. Just face it. But the problems cannot become our focus. Our focus has to remain on God and his promises. God and his promises. That leads me to number four. Number four, they forsook the promise. They forsook the promise. The one major mistake of the people as they murmured and asked to go back to Egypt was the fact that they totally disregarded what God said. You see, this group of people, they got together and they said, hey, man, would to God we had died in Egypt. Isn't that a pathetic way to live? (laughs) What a pathetic attitude. They said, I mean, they get a little bit of bad news from these ten spies who said, oh, we can't do it. We can't go over there. It, 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 it's too dangerous. Giants are too big. Yeah, it's good land, but we can't do that. And they come back, and they spread their word. They spread their bad news, and the people buy into it, and they begin to say, would to God we had died in Egypt. Or would to God we had died in the wilderness. Would to God we died a few days ago at the waters of Mara when the, the you know, why didn't, we, why didn't God just kill us then and get it over? What a, what a pathetic way to live. You know what? <clears throat> God's people ought to have a better attitude than that. God's people ought to understand one thing. Hey, I'm on the winning side. We live in this world, but we're not of this world. Hey, <clears throat> uh, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's golden shore, and I just can't feel at home in this world anymore. Hey, I'm a citizen of a better country. This world is not my home, and I'm not supposed to be uh, uh, of the world. I'm supposed to be going passing through the world, and I've got good news for everybody as I pass through saying, Hey, you can go to heaven with me if you want. But how many of God's people are just enduring this life on the way to heaven? Hey, I don't want to just get to heaven. I want to enjoy the trip. I don't want to just, just kind of grin and bear it. That's kind of, I get the impression from a lot of people, man, they're just trying to... <laughs> trying to just getting by by the hair of their chinny chin chin. Hey, I want to enjoy the trip. I told you that story of flying to, <clears throat> from Chicago to Puerto Rico years ago. I was going to see my parents. They lived in the mission field at that time. And I sat right next to a, 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 a lady who had a, a, about a two or three-year-old little boy, and he screamed the whole trip. I'm talking about a four-and-a-half-hour flight. He screamed, and he screamed. I don't know if his ears were hurting him. Uh, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. <clears throat> but, uh, but, I mean, he screamed, and he squalled, and he, man, he, he was just in a bad way. Can I tell you something? All of us were going to Puerto Rico, but very few of us were enjoying the trip. You know what? A lot of God's people, all of God's people are going to heaven, but there's some who aren't enjoying the trip very much. Hey, why don't we just decide that we're going to take God at his promise and go forward? Don't look back. Don't go back to that old lifestyle. Peter said to the other uh, apostles uh, after uh, Jesus uh, was crucified and, and, uh, and, of course, he had not yet shown himself to them yet. And, and Peter said, I don't know about you boys, I'm going fishing. What was he saying? I'm going back to the old way of life. I'm going back to the way things used to be. Hey, Peter, there's nothing back there for you, son. If you're here this morning, you're, you're kind of discouraged in your walk with the Lord. Some of you are tempted. Ah, hey, church, what do I need church for? 
Hey, this old Christian life, it's just not working out. It's just not what I thought it was going to be. Did somebody tell you it's going to be easy? <laughs> Did somebody tell you it's going to be a walk in the park? No, no, no. There's nothing back there for you. There's nothing back there with the old crowd. There's nothing back there with the booze. There's nothing back there with the drugs. There's nothing back there with the immorality. Hey, it's a dead-end street. God wants you to go forward. God wants you to, 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 to be on the upward way. New heights gained every day. They forsook the promise. You see, God made them. Here's the bottom line. I got, I got too much sermon and not enough time. I'll end it with this. The bottom line is this. God said, that land over there is yours. That's why it's called the promised land. It was promised to Abraham. It was promised to Isaac. It was promised to Jacob. And that, that promise was confirmed over and over and over again. Can I tell you something? God has given us some promises in this book. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. All the blessings of his love divine. Every promise in the book is mine. But can I tell you something? The promises are for those to go forward. For those people to go back to Egypt would have meant they would never receive what God had promised them. They never would have received it. They forsook, or they were going to forsake the promise. They were going to forsake the promise. You know, <clears throat> God's made us so many promises. Titus chapter 1 verse 2 tells me about another promise. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. God promised us eternal life if we trust his son. God promised me a home in heaven if I would receive him as my savior. What a great promise. For those of us who are saved, hey, Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. What a great promise. What a, what a wonderful promise. Hey, I'm not promised a problem-free life, but I am, I am promised the divine comfort of the Holy Spirit. I am promised the divine direction from the word of God. I am promised <coughs> God's presence and God's sovereignty and God at work in my life. The Bible says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Hey, let's just go forward. Let's just go forward. Just want to encourage you this morning. If you're here this morning, you're not saved. You don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. The promise to you is simply this. If, if you'll understand the fact that you're a sinner and you'll come to Jesus Christ by faith, for salvation, God promised he'd save you. He promised it. Can I tell you something? God keeps his promises. Because if God doesn't keep his promise, that means he's a liar and a sinner just like the rest of us. Okay? God's not going to break his promise. Let's take him at his word. These people forsook the promise and paid a dear price. They ended up wandering 40 years more in the wilderness because, because they forsook the promise. They bought in to a lie. They decided to look back. To those of you who are saved, let me encourage you, don't look back. Oh, you're not going to lose your salvation. You could, hey, you couldn't lose your salvation if you wanted to. Once saved, always saved. Praise the Lord for that. But don't look back at what the world has to offer. Don't, don't, don't turn back. Stay with it. Stay with it. Walk with the Lord. Stay in church. Stay faithful. If you're here this morning, you're not saved. Claim that promise of salvation. Come to Christ. Our heads are back.